Hello and welcome to this episode of the Travel Podcast. I'm Lauren, your host for this episode. And during this one, we're going beyond the expected in Florida. So we're going to get an incredible insight into the state and national parks with the help of some very special guests over in the States. During this episode, you're going to get to hear three mini interviews, um, including from a mermaid and a park ranger, which is super cool. So myself and Matthew um, managed to speak to the guys over in the States and find out about what it is they do over there. But before we get into that, I just want to give you a little bit of an intro into the Florida parks. Um, So Florida actually has 175 award-winning state parks, trails, and historic sites, which is a lot to cover. Um, So today we're going to be talking about some of our top picks. There are parks over in Florida. Each one really does tell a story. People visit these parks because they want to feel connected. And each one is a piece of Florida's incredible history. So in this one, we're heading over to Crystal River, Florida, Ding Darling National Wildlife Refuge, and also Wikiwachi as well to hear about what it is they get up to over there. So our first one we're going to head over to is Matthew, who is interviewing Irish Dave, who is Master Captain and Eco Tour Guide over at Crystal River, Florida. Hi, I'm joined by Irish Dave, Master Captain and Eco Tour Guide from Crystal River, Florida. So thank you very much for joining me, Dave. Pleasure to be with you. And just um, for the listeners out there, can you just give us a quick introduction to what you do in uh, Crystal River and how long you've been living in Crystal River and where is it located in Florida? So I've been uh, living in the Crystal River area for approximately uh, 12 years at this point. And um, I've been a a captain for probably five years now, master captain since um, the start of the year. And um, what I do is I take out uh, managing tours, airboat tours, and scalloping tours um, on the various boats in my company and uh, hopefully give people the time of their lives. No, definitely. I can testify for how stunning the waterways are, especially in the Crystal River area. I was fortunate to stay there for work um, some few years ago. Just uh, just on that, you mentioned the manatees. So that's something I didn't manage to do, but I definitely have. I will definitely be coming back to do it. For those looking to visit and see the manatees, what are your recommendations? And also, how are people able to swim with them? And what is the efforts going in in Crystal River to make sure that they're they're protected for the future generations? So Crystal River is a it's a unique area. Um, this county in, as a whole, um, manatees come here because um, they basically need to survive. We have a, a, an extensive spring system. Um, the 72 degree water year round uh, provides basically a, a survival situation for the manatees. Um, they come in to keep warm in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, drops below 68 degrees and um, they uh, they come into the springs um, that four degrees is enough to keep them alive um, so they're in a kind of a, a resting mode um, in the winter time um, what we do is we bring our guests out to uh, swim with the manatees um, we practice social distancing which essentially means just watching manatees we don't encourage any kind of touching or changing their behavior um, so we'll we load up people in the morning um, mornings are usually best because the mantis haven't got active at that point. Um, they're just, like I said, resting. And uh, we would bring them out to uh, one of the springs in Kings Bay area or alternatively in the Homosassa River. Um, we get our customers comfortable and into the water and um, we just swim over to them, uh, check them out, watch what they're doing. They have a, a tendency um, when they are awake in that situation to be friendly 
and um, sometimes they'll come up and decide to interact with us. And um, it's not illegal to touch them, but we really encourage that people don't touch them um, just just for their welfare. Um, as far as uh, the conservation end of things, um, certainly social distance, aren't, my, beg my pardon, um, certainly um, passive observation is huge. Um, we don't want to stop them doing anything. They naturally do their own behaviours. And um, we also work side by side with uh, Fish and Wildlife, US Fish and Wildlife, um, to make sure that all their recommendations are followed and um, that our guests have a fantastic time um, and that the manatees are happy. No, I think that's that's great. Like you said, you know, you advise everyone not to interact with them, but if they come up to you, then that's them being themselves in their own uh, natural habitat. So that, that's great that that is what's pushed out there. And it is a, an amazing experience from the videos that I've seen and from speaking to some of the locals when I was uh, in Crystal River. And one of my favourite things to do when I was in between uh, my working in the mornings and the evenings was kayaking along the river. What other yeah. water-based activities can visitors do in the area? Um, well, this this county as a whole, um, there's a lot of uh, water-based activities that are available to people in the area. Um, you can go out on an airboat. Um, my company personally does uh, uh, Gulf tours, which go through the backwaters and out into the Gulf of Mexico around some of the islands. And also, um, we do a shorter tour, which is just the, the backwaters. Um, there's also um, fantastic kayaking uh in many of the local spring-fed rivers, um, all these springs that are in the area make for um, beautiful, clear water. Um, people get to go out and, and uh, experience that. Um, fantastic fishing. Um, we're on a, a kind of part of the Gulf Coast. There's, um, there's a shelf and it extends about 50 miles out into the Gulf of Mexico and it's dropping off at a rate of about one foot per mile. So a lot of uh, snorkeling opportunities. Um, fishing, like I said, is fantastic. We have a lot of uh, excellent inshore fishing. So um, we also have some uh, close-to-shore grouper fishing, which normally people would have to go out into deep water. Um, we also have offshore fishing. So um, there's a lot of uh, charter operators in the area that um, will take you out that 15, 60 miles. They've got um, big, nice, clean boats, and they will get you out there 50, 60 miles, um, typically to the middle grounds uh, where there's fishing for uh, American red snapper during season, amberjacks, grouper. Um, really nice setup and uh, it can be done in a day. And something I know to do is, is scalloping. Uh, that's um, quite a unique thing for the area, I believe. Yeah, so um, la it depends by the year, but we've had um, pretty poor season last year. Um, we don't exactly know why. Um, this year has been much better. Um, more like more like what it's been in the past. Um, so essentially, what we're doing is we're taking people out uh, in that in that nice shallow Gulf water, uh, probably about four to six miles offshore, um, maybe in kind of four to eight feet of water. Um, the goal being to catch uh, bay scallops, which are native to the grass beds around uh, the coast of Florida, and um, we give them a five-hour tour. Uh, most of the operators do kind of the same amount of time. Um, beautiful clear water you just go out and uh, catch what you can you can harvest them all fishing licenses are covered by the uh, by the operators by the charters and um, fantastic day out for everybody involved it sounds and again anytime being out on the water I think especially around Florida is is mesmerizing and a great great thing to do and um, you, you mentioned obviously there's lots to do on the waterways are there lots of other activities outdoor activities that people can do such as cycling hiking i know there's a few state parks to explore in the area so we're lucky in citrus county in the sense that 
Um, it's not too uh, urbanized. Um, we've got a lot of uh, beautiful outdoors that people can explore. We've got caves. We've got um, a couple of uh, walking and cycling trails, kind of inland. Um, the Withlacoochee State Trail is one of them. Um, and that, that's that's a, a trail that stretches pretty much from Tampa um, up to kind of Marion County area around the, the, uh, the Withlacoochee State Forest. Um, people can cycle that. They can walk that. Um, there are various parking uh, locations along the way that people can uh, park at if they want to do a particular stretch of that trail. And um, definitely very, very beautiful, very, very kind of out in the country. And um, it's oh. it's just it's just a very, very beautiful area. And um, last question before before we before we wrap up. Um, what would be your recommendations? So to give us three recommendations of what people must um, do when they come and visit Crystal River. And also, um, where can people find out details if they want to book onto one of your tours? Okay, so uh, the three big things in this area, really, and uh, there are multiple operators that, that um, provide those services. First of all, Manatee Tours is obviously number one. Um, Kings Bay has manatees year round and um, in the, the winter time you've got numbers. Summertime you've got uh, quality if you like. Um, you see manatees there because they want to be. Um, so we operate year round up there. Um, the airboat tours, um, different change, different scenario, different change of pace. Um, where everything with the mantis is aimed at quiet and calm and conservation. The airboats are where you can get wild and have fun. Um, you get to see some amazing animals out in their, their native habitat. Um, you get to go out in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, which provides that salt water where you can see sea turtles, dolphins, um, manatees out in the, the Gulf, um, and, and a variety of different uh, fish in very, very shallow, clear water. Um, and then the third thing, if it's available, scalloping, without a doubt. Um, it's just, it's a fantastic day out. Again, we don't, it's not conservation-based. It's just a real good time for your family. If you want to buy, uh, if you want to have dinner on, on a scalloping tour, you go, go to the store and buy some scallops. If you want to have fun, you go out and catch what you can yourself. No, definitely, I like the going out and catching it yourself. Very fresh and a great meal for the evening. And again, just if anyone's looking and they'd like to come out on one of those tours of you, where they um, find the information? All right, so uh, I work for um, River Safaris and Homosassa and River Ventures and Crystal River. Um, we have our web pages www.riversafaris.com, www.riverventures.com. Um, probably the, the easiest way um, if you're booking from abroad is to get on those websites. You can book directly there or you can call either one of our, our uh, operations. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for taking the time out today. I know you're a very busy, busy man. So just a massive thank you. And again, for sharing why for families as well, but just for anyone to come and visit Florida, they need to get themselves to Crystal River to really get out and explore the, the natural beauty, but also get to see these wonderful manatees and experience scalloping. So thank you, Dave. You're very welcome. Um, I could be requested at any point in time. Um, I'd be happy to take out any of our UK guests um I usually have a good time with them because we're we're uh, from that side of the pond and uh i get where they're what they're looking for and how to go about it perfect well make sure you always ask for irish dave whenever you're out there and get on one of his uh ships ships or boats what do you what do you call them out there is it a ship boats. yeah definitely boats <laughs> definitely boats <laughs> yeah. and get one of his boats perfect well thank you very much i appreciate it uh, it was great talking to you 
And you? So I don't know about you guys listening, but I think that was such an awesome insight into it. As Irish Dave said, it is a very unique area. Um, and I too relate to the Manatees. I like to head to warmer climates in the winter also. Um, so I can fully relate to them heading off to their 70 degree waters to warm up those few extra degrees. And it was great hearing about some of the water activities you can get up to with the kayaks and the airboats, which is something we'll hear more about as we visit the different parks as well. So the waterways and the water activities are so popular over in Florida, which is absolutely amazing. We're now heading over um, to hear more about Ding Darling National Wildlife Refuge. So I actually spoke to Jackie and Tony who work there. And this year they're actually celebrating their 75th anniversary, which is awesome. So let's go hear from them. Hi everyone, I am joined by Tony Westland, aka Ranger Tony, who is the Supervisory Refuge Ranger at JN Dingdarling National Wildlife Refuge. And I'm also joined by Jackie Parker, who is the Communications Manager at the beaches of Fort Myers and Sanibel, Florida. Hi both. Hi. (laughs) So before we start, if we could do a quick intro of you both. So what you do, how long have you been living in the Fort Myers slash Sunnybelt area? Tony, do you want to go first? Sure. So um, actually, I've lived in the area for over 20 years. I've been a refuge ranger at Ding Darling for 18. So I am all in. I love this community. I'm raising my children here. Um, I love nature and the beaches and it's the best way to be. So Awesome. Thank you. Over to you, Jackie. Um, I'm new. I've been here for three years. I'm a former journalist. I was travel editor in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and I've kind of flipped my job around. So now I work with journalists who visit the destination, and I, I can't imagine a better destination to promote with these beautiful beaches and just how close we are to um, just to everything. There's so much nature and, you know, beaches and things and just great ways to unplug, unplug and relax. Amazing. I can't wait to hear more about it. So I've got a few questions for you both. So Jackie, it's over to you first. So for our listeners that might not have heard of Fort Myers and Sanibel, Florida, could you give us a quick sort of 60 second overview, please? Of course. Um, So the beaches of Fort Myers and Sanibel is located in a place called Lee County, Florida. And we are in Southwest Florida along the Gulf Coast. So we're um, right on the Gulf of Mexico. We have two islands, uh, Sanibel and Captiva, that are in uh, the Gulf of Mexico and Pine Island Sound a little bit to to the north. And we are located between Sarasota, Florida and Naples, um, about two hours south of Tampa, Florida. Awesome. Thank you very much. And so this year um, actually marks the 75th anniversary of Ding Darling National Wildlife Refuge. Tony, can you tell us the history of the refuge, please? Yeah, so I work for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and we're actually a part of a network of lands. There's 568 of these really cool, special, urban. we're we're very urban, we're next to major cities, but I work at the best, um, the JN Ding Darling National Wildlife Refuge. We are celebrating our 75th anniversary. So way back in 1945, um, Jay Norwood Ding Darling, he was a cartoonist, he was an artist, Um, He was actually our first boss. He was the head of the U.S. Biological Survey, but he loved hunting, fishing, birding, all about nature. He actually found um, peace 
down here. He was originally from Michigan, from the north, and would come and recreate, and he had a part-time home here. So he was a journalist um, in the Des Moines area doing editorial cartooning, but he loved nature, and he saw the benefits of our area that long ago and helped establish this refuge. So we're celebrating 75 years of the establishment of the refuge, and we would love everyone to come out and enjoy our beauty. Definitely, of course. And of course, you're the best. That's why we've got you here today. <laughs> so, Tony, for those looking to visit and learn, can you tell us about the brilliant Ding educational opportunities at the Refuge, please? Yeah, so we often joke that we're the best value on Sanibel, but we really are because for just a few dollars, you know, you can do so much and you can come through the refuge. You can take your car. So we're accessible by car, by bike. You can stand up paddleboard. If you've never kayaked through the mangroves, you have not lived. Um, but you can stay even within your car in your air conditioning. You can get out and hike. Um, our free visitor and education center is a amazing. It's a great way to start, meet the rangers, meet our volunteers. We can help you plan your day. You can spend just an hour or you can spend a whole half a day or a full day. Um, you can get out on the water with Tarpon Bay Explorers. They're a business that operates at the refuge. Um, but for just a few dollars, your family of four can bike through or drive through. And it's a good way to see the ecosystem. Um, the mangroves are amazing. The estuary, it's the nursery of the sea. There's so much wildlife between the bird life, the fish, you know, and depending on the time of year, every day is a different adventure. So in the winter, there's probably a lot more birds, just like there's a lot more people. <laughs> um, but in the summer, you know, you're going to see manatees and dolphins right off the wildlife drive. So um, we hope to do a good job like through things like this, but also social media and our website where we can help people connect even before they come and help them plan their visit. Because really, um, you've got to plan your visit during low tide so you can see the most of, of the animals. So we need to help people do that. And a great way to get the start is in our free visitor and education center and then head out on your journey. Amazing. It sounds like there's some really great opportunities there. I've actually been doing a lot of kayaking recently at, um, down in Bournemouth in the UK, but I could imagine your kayaking there is probably a little bit more interesting than my kayaking. <laughs> <laughs> That's your next, next adventure is heading here. <laughs> Definitely. I will be adding it to the list. <laughs> so, Jackie, Fort Myers and Sanibel is surrounded by natural beauty. And for those listeners that want to explore more, what tours would you recommend for them? Um, there's... Um, uh, quite a quite a few different tours. Um, Tarpon Bay, Bay Explorers, like uh, Tony mentioned, uh, they have um, you know just educational uh, kayak trail tours with experienced naturalists, where you can go through the mangrove forest. And I wanted to also just give a quick shout out when you are planning your trip. Um, we have just started a podcast, and it is called Shellcast. And we have visited several of these areas, and that's something that. You can download wherever you download your podcast or on our website, fortmyers-sanibel.com. And it is also a, a, you know, a new growing resource where you can, you know, learn to plan your trip and, you know, listen to some ideas that, you know, might, uh, you know, kind of get you interested in doing things while you're here. Um, we really encourage people to get out on the water when they're here, because that is what 
makes this area so special is to get out on the water. We have local fishermen um, that will do charters and you can get out on a boat. Um, you can also go out on Captiva cruises with um, uh, you know, more, more people and you can go out to Cabbage Key, one of the islands and have lunch. You can go to Cayo Costa State Park where they have nine miles of undeveloped uh, shoreline where you can swim and snorkel and do some shelling. And it's really, you know, that shows sort of what the whole um, old Florida, what that was really like, these unspoiled beaches. And that's what makes Sanibel so special, too, is that there are no, no buildings higher than a palm tree on Sanibel. Um, there really aren't a lot of chains. If you're looking for a Taco Bell drive-through, it's not going to be on Sanibel <laughs> Island. You know, that's going to be on you know inland properties. But it is just there's just it's a place to unplug and really relax. And yeah, you'll still have your Wi-Fi signal and all that. You won't be completely disconnected. But it's just a wonderful place to do shelling. Shelling is free. It's something that everyone can do. You can perfect your Sanibel stoop, which is when you're bending over and getting shells, or your Captiva crouch. And also on Fort Myers Beach, it's a completely different experience than on Sanibel. And you need to you know, experience all of them to, to do that. But um, And another tour... Uh, that I would recommend would be at Edison Ford Winter Estates, and that's in Fort Myers. And that is the summer home of the original snowbird, Thomas Edison. And his home is here along the Caloosahatchee River. And he was neighbors with Henry Ford. He became friends with Henry Ford. Um, they were um, about 13 years um, age difference. Um, Edison was older and they became friends. And um, Edison loved it down here. And he persuaded Henry Ford to have a to get a house next door. So you can see that and you can see his labs there also. It's just really fascinating to get some history in with the beach time. Definitely. That sounds really interesting. And the bit about the palm trees as well, like no building taller than it. That's really interesting to know. I love the fact it's all kind of water based as a water baby. I just love anything where I get to go out on the water as well. That sounds amazing. Um, beautiful, just beautiful. And the way the way the island of Sanibel is situated, it's more of an east west island. And that is why the shells wash up um, just by the by the hundreds. And it is, you know, people say, when is a good time to go shelling? My opinion is any time is a good time to go shelling on Sanibel. And, you know, either you know, in the morning or at night or high tide, low tide, it really doesn't matter. And it is so shallow. You can walk out, Tony, and correct me here, but you can walk out a long way and it, it'll be like to your knee or to your thigh. It's very, you know, it's very shallow and you can just scoop up the shells. You've got to bring a shell bag. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. And then I suppose that's quite good for families as well, knowing it's only up to their knees or so you feel a little bit safer with the little ones as well. It is. Yeah, yeah. crystal clear, beautiful water. Um, it is, it's so family friendly. The islands and all of Southwest Florida is very family friendly. Perfect. And so our listeners know that I'm quite an adventurous person. I love to get outdoors. Are there any other outdoor sort of adventures in Fort Myers and Sanibel that you would recommend to visit? There is, um, let's see if, okay, we'll go a couple of routes here. Tarpon fishing. That is one of the first things that um, made Sanibel famous was tarpon fishing. The tarpon is a, is a it's a sport fishing fish, and it is known as the Silver King. And uh, every year around May, May to June, 
is when they are here and it is there are tarpon fishing contests that go on and teams go out and you try to catch the biggest tarpon and they release them. You don't you don't eat tarpon. You catch it and measure it and weigh it and release it. So that is like the big, you know, the big you know, bucket list kind of thing to do. Um, another thing that is, you know, more of a thrilling kind of thing, it's called the Sanibel Thriller. It's a high speed boat. Um, it's 43 passengers, 55 feet long. It's a super catamaran, catamaran and it's billed as one of the most exciting boat tours that you can do and it goes really fast goes around the islands and if you're looking for like a thrill thing that that would be um the the thing to do so um so yeah but everything else is more kind of like kick back and relax kind of kind of thing yeah Love that. that definitely sounds like my kind of thing to do and then like you said you can then go chill and relax as well so you're kind of getting the best of both worlds with that one exactly exactly and on Sanibel there are um, a little over 25 miles of bike paths so you can bike um, you know bike around and it's flat there aren't a lot of hills in Florida so it's you know easy easy riding and you know you could you know bike from your you know hotel or wherever you're staying over to Ding Darling and ride the path um, I've done that before and it's wonderful. There's so many ways you can experience Ding Darling, you know, in your car, or on the tram or by bicycle. Oh, amazing. Okay. So before we end, Jackie, for our listeners that are looking to visit, how long would you recommend staying? How long can you stay? <laughs> that would be my thing. Um, as long as it takes you to decompress. And seriously, I would recommend, I would recommend a week because there is so much to see. There's so much to do on the beach and so many ways to just kind of kick back and relax and shell and go to Ding Darling and really spend some quality time there and visit the um, Bailey Matthews National Shell Museum on Sanibel, where you can learn about what you're picking up on the on the beach. They also have an app, a shell app where you can. Um, it helps you identify the shells that you're looking at. And I've done that with some little ones, little four-year-olds, and it is so much fun to learn how to, to do that. And you learn, you know, you learn just as much as they do. So, and also to get over to Fort Myers and experience um, Edison Ford Winter Estates and the historic downtown Fort Myers, and then Fort Myers Beach, which is a whole different um, experience there. So I would say, I would say a week and then you know, you, you're eating all of this fresh seafood, fresh shrimp and grouper. Yeah, definitely a week. Sounds like you definitely need a week minimum to get yes. all that in as well. I've already written down a long list of things that you've been <laughs> saying. So it looks like I might need a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. That's been so great, guys. Thank you both for joining me today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. I absolutely love speaking to Jackie and Tony and finding out the history behind it as well as that was super incredible and also the educational opportunities that they offer and being able to get out on the water, go hiking and actually hearing about what old Florida was like. And I also found it super interesting as well that no buildings are higher than a palm tree. So it's not commercialized, like you said, um, real traditional and what you'd expect it to be like, which I think is really nice um, to hear about. And on our third interview, we're heading over to Wikiwachi. So this is an enchanted spring where you can see live mermaids. Um, Matthew does actually get to speak to a real mermaid. And you get to take a trip on a riverboat cruise, learn about Florida's wildlife, and you can swim the pristine waters at Buccaneer Bay. Um, they've got loads of paddling adventures down their waterways as well. So I'm going to hand over to Matthew, who speaks to John and Mermaid Sam. 
I'm joined by John from Wikiwachi Springs State Park and Mermaid Sam, a Wikiwachi mermaid in Florida. And just at time with yourself, John, just a quick introduction of what you do and how long you've been working at Wikiwachi Springs State Park and where is it located in Florida? Well, thank you, first of all, for having us on. We really appreciate it. Um, I've been in Wikiwachi Springs State Park now for nearly 19 years. Uh, started here in 2001, and um, it's, it's been a great journey. Um, it's now one of Florida's state newest state parks. Actually, not newest, but we've been in uh, state parks since 2008. Uh, it was a private before that. And Wikiwachi Springs is really one of Florida's iconic roadside attractions. It's, all, of course, famed for the live mermaid performances that these young women do in the only underwater theater of its kind in the entire world. And we're located in uh, central Florida, uh, west central Florida, just um, just about an hour north of Tampa, just to kind of give you some geographical uh, reference. And uh, it, it's a magnificent park. It's 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 so charming. It's old Florida, and it, it's the only place where you can see live mermaid performances via the underwater theater. So it's a remarkable, remarkable attraction. And on that note of the mermaid performances, Mermaid Sam, um, how long have you been performing at Wikiwachi, and how did you get started, and how did you get into that? Um, so I've had the pleasure of being a Wikiwachi mermaid for the last year. Um, the the way you become a Wikiwachi mermaid actually so. A pretty intricate uh, audition and interview process. Um, so you have to, we have to do a uh, 400 swim, uh, half with, half against the current. Um, we have to do a series of underwater ballet moves that we've learned on the spot um, and breath holds. And from that uh, audition, we then are called in for interviews. And and before we go into a bit more detail of what else you can do with the Wachi's um, Spring State Park, I know we talk about the sounds that can almost like an underwater water ballet show uh, a performance by the mermaids can you just tell us what the visitors would be able to see during the mermaid uh, theater uh, at the mermaid theater absolutely um we have two different shows the first one is the story of the little mermaid so it is a uh, partial ballet and partial uh where we're in tales um and our other show is called wonders of wiki so it's more of a fun fact show that tells a lot about the history of wiki wiki um, throughout the years since we've been open from 1947. Amazing. So again, very interactive and it's nice that you've got the, the Little Mermaid style element of that as well. How do people see the performance that is underwater? Is there, uh, is it? So it's an underwater theater. We have, we have 19 windows, uh, that span across. Um, and how deep is it? Under? What, the, the spring itself? The, the theater. Well, when, once you enter the theater, you're sitting about 12 to 16 feet, depending on where in the theater you're sitting, under the surface of the water. And I think what most people don't understand is that this theater, because people always say, oh, the mermaid's in a tank. Are they in an aquarium? No, you're the one as a guest sitting in the tank or the aquarium because the theater is built into a natural spring, something that no one will ever be able to duplicate in this day and age because of the environmental laws that are now in place. You have to understand this theater was put in in the late 1950s when ABC used to own the park. And back then they were a little bit more lenient as to what you could or could not do. Uh, at a natural spring. So it's a 400-seat theater. So when you walk down the hallway into this theater, you're actually submerged 12 to 16 feet below the surface of the water. So when the curtains rise, the entire length of the theaters are what Sam indicated, four-inch thick glass that you can see 
I mean, forget the mermaids. Just when that when that curtain rises, to see a first magnitude spring right before your eyes and the view that we can provide, it's truly a magical experience. But then now you throw these beautiful young women in there as the world-famous wiki-watchy mermaids, and it makes it that much more special. So it's something that I believe that everyone who travels to Florida, it, this is a must-see. And, and as you mentioned earlier, it's not that far. So if anyone potentially is staying elsewhere and not uh, in the Florida Adventure Coast, which is where we can actually stay, uh, park is, they can come for the day and, and be able to see the amazing, world famous, uh, yeah. mermaids of Wikibachi Spring State Park. So definitely something, if you're, wherever you're staying in Florida, you need to definitely get out there and see. And other than the, obviously coming to see the mermaids and the performance there, um, I know it's, it's renowned for its natural beauty and again, the authentic experiences. Um, with water being such a major part of this, what can visitors do in the area and within the state park? Well, in addition to the Mermaid Show, which is the brand of what the attraction is, there's so much more to see and do and experience. We have, in addition to the Mermaid Show, we've got a riverboat cruise where we take our visitors uh, on a journey a little bit further down the Wikiwachi River, and then we bring them back. And every trip is different. You never know what you're going to see, what you're going to experience. It's all natural. You may see an alligator basking in the sun, manatees swimming alongside your boat, a native bird, birds, fishes. I mean, just everything that Florida, a Florida river uh, can provide, most likely you'll, you'll experience. We also have a wildlife program where, where our park rangers bring out native species of wildlife from Florida, such as an alligator, snakes, turtles. And we make it a fun educational show and let our audience and our visitors touch them if they want to and, and learn more about them. So that way, when they come across them in the wild, um, they're not as frightened and they respect uh, the wildlife a little bit more. And then, of course, we've got Buccaneer Bay, which is Florida's only spring-fed water park, all within the state park system where you can actually swim in the spring. And we've got water slides and a white sandy beach and you can picnic. And it's just so much fun. It really is a fun, full day um, of uh, of an experience, and then we encourage everyone to visit. The water, the, the water slides are really incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, we offer we have a concessionaire, and we also offer kayaking and stand up paddleboard. So, if that if those experiences that we just discussed aren't really what you wanted to do, and you wanted to immerse yourself a little bit more into the river, a kayak trip is is well worth it. It's about a three and a half hour journey down the Wikiwachi River, and our concessionaire actually picks you up brings you back after your journey is complete. That sounds amazing and very tranquil as well. And for those that are looking to visit, would they need to book in advance? Can people turn up? Is it, especially with the, the shows, are they quite often throughout the day or do people need to make sure they are booking in advance? Well, if you want to do the kayaking experience, advance reservations are required. But as far as the park is concerned, uh, it is not. You know, we just always ask that you plan ahead. If you're visiting during the summertime, which is traditionally our busiest time of year, arrive early, you know, plan a fun, you know, a, a, a full day, um, but arrive early, especially in the summertime. Not so much in the winter. It's a little bit less crowded, probably a great time to visit. Um, but you do, you do not need reservations um, to do that. I mean, and again, the weather in Florida is, is brilliant all year round, uh, especially if you're coming from across the ponds when in the winter yes. it gets very cold. So for us, it's a lovely time of year to, to visit. And um, as it's part of the Florida's Adventure Coast. Um, I also know that, that Brooksville and Wikiwachi offers spectacular boating and fishing year round. So you have any sort of insights on what other opportunities people can do when they're in the area? So for instance, if they want to stay a little bit longer, have a day 
at the at the state park and then also maybe another day to seeing some other activities what can they get up to well the the adventure coast offers so much more uh, in addition to Wikiwachi Springs state park you know we're right here on the coast so um you know the the, the county Hernando County which we reside offers wonderful boating, fishing year-round. We have a scallop season that runs to the end of September. Uh, so visitors have an opportunity to charter fishing boats, um, go snorkeling, go diving, um, experience some of the artificial reefs that are located uh, just offshore. So if, if boating and fishing is something that you really want to participate in, the Adventure Coast has what you need. And I've also um, read outside of the water and, and on the on land, there, there's great cycling, which is, is extremely popular along the Adventure Coast. Um, mm-hmm. Are there any sort of a couple of trails that you would recommend? Yeah, we, well, we've got the Sun Coast Trail, um, which is here in um, in Hernando County. And it's a 42-mile trail that begins really in northern Hillsborough County and goes through Pasco and Hernando, but it's all paved. So if cycling is is something that you enjoy, we've got some wonderful trails, uh, in, including the Withlacoochee Trail in addition to the Sun Coast Trail. So there, we've got a couple of wonderful trails for cycling enthusiasts. And I noticed um, when I was doing a bit of research on the area as well that they – I'm going to mispronounce this, so apologies, and you'll have to uh, correct me here. The with Lacucci with Lacucci Forest with was Lacucci. named yeah yeah uh, was named one of the ten coolest places you've never been to in North America by the World Wildlife Fund. That's Why right. is it such a cool place to for people to visit? It's just such a just a, a beautiful natural. It really is a, a natural forest. And it's just breathtaking, you know, we're, you know, whether you're hiking or, or you're cycling, um, or just enjoying some of the kayak trips around the Withlacoochee Forest, I think you really get a, a sense, a good sense of what really Florida has to offer from a nature standpoint. So to have all of these things, Wikiwachi Springs, the, the Gulf of Mexico, where you can do boating and fishing, the cycling opportunities, as well as the Withlacoochee State Forest, all within the Adventure Coast is uh, really something that can't be missed. Well, it sounds beautiful. And definitely, as it's been named in the top 10 coolest places you've ever been to, if you are there, you've got to visit. Um, Absolutely. And, and I had a couple of questions again from some of uh, the Travel Podcast's family members um, so and friends. So back to you, Mermaid Sam. So one question that Lauren's niece wanted to ask was, how would she be able to become a Wiki Mermaid? Well, um, to become a Wiki Watch Mermaid, you just have to keep swimming. Swim, swim, swim all the time. Keep practicing. Um, a lot of times you don't even know that you're a mermaid until you come here. Wikiwachi is so magical that sometimes it takes until you jump into the spring here to really know that you're a mermaid. So I would tell her to just keep practicing um, and then come and visit us sometime and maybe she'll find out. Perfect. Thank you very much. And a- another question from Jules's daughter was, how do you breathe underwater for so long? So as a mermaid, uh, we can hold our breath. For an incredibly long time. Um, but just like people, we need air. So we actually have really uh, special air hoses that help us to breathe when we're underwater. Uh, but for the most part, we don't do a lot of breathing because we can hold our breath for so long. That's amazing. Thank you very much. And another one. What is a mermaid's favorite food? Ooh, 
I think my favorite food is uh, peanut butter and jellyfish sandwiches. I think those are my favorite. Nice. Very nice. I like that. Thank you very much. So, um, and then one last question was, what is your favorite thing about being a mermaid? My favorite thing about being a mermaid is getting to swim with all my mer sisters. Um, and a lot of times we have manatee visitors into the spring. So I think that's another one of my favorites is getting to swim with all of the animals and, and play with the turtles uh, here at Wikiwashi. And then my nephew asked, are there any mermen? Absolutely. Uh, there we have two two mermen um, princes. Yeah. Um, so he should keep swimming too because he could be a he could be a merman if he wants to be. He does love his swimming, so I'll make sure to I'll let him know. And they they do love Florida as well, so I'll get him to have to come out and visit. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned there that uh, an earlier you mentioned John as well. The it's a natural spring, so the theater is the mm. is the actual aquarium or the tank, and the natural spring is where all um, the mermaids and mermen are performing. So that is a very interesting thing. So you actually get potentially within a show uh, a wild manatee or a turtle or will come and join in. Yeah, and I think what you know one of the other things that I think is remarkable about where these young women perform is that that is the mouth of the Wikiwachi, the river. The river originates where the mermaids swim. So about 100 feet beneath them is an opening, a cave opening um, from the underground aquifer, and it emits 117 million gallons of water each and every day. So that's where the river begins, and it eventually flows into the Gulf of Mexico, which means any native wildlife that inhabit a, a Florida river can venture itself right into the show uh, with a mermaid. So many times we've had manatees swim right into the show, and they love to swim uh, with the mermaids. You can actually see them mimic what they do. And the crowd just loves it when the manatees come to visit. The manatees, cool. they really love to steal the show. They do. They, they do. They come in and, and steal the spotlight. And then, of course, the turtles and the fish and, you know, anything else, like, a, as I mentioned, otters that inhabit a, a river will will make its way into the show from time to time. Showstoppers, really, aren't they? The, they they, are. they love yeah, they love it. And um, before we end, I'm going to ask both of you these questions, but I'll start with you, John. If someone's looking to do a day trip, how long would you say they'd have to spend there? And if someone's looking to visit for a bit of a longer holiday to really get to enjoy the Adventure Coast, how long would you recommend staying? During the summertime when our water park is fully open, it, it's a full day. I mean, you can literally spend an entire day here um, at the park. If you wanted to participate in kayaking, on top, that's a full day, really, in itself. Um, and then to enjoy the fishing and the boating and the hiking and the cycling and everything else that the Adventure Coast has to offer, you, you, I would say at least three to four days to really maximize benefits of yours. Um, so it, it's definitely something that we hope that people will plan when they're visiting Tampa, Orlando. You know, we're only a couple of hours away from, from the Orlando area where all the attractions are. So it's not that bad of a drive, but really plan on spending you know, two or three days here. We've got some wonderful accommodations in the area whether they're cabin rentals, hotels, RV campgrounds. We have everything. We offer everything for people to come and stay and visit. And the same question for you, Mermaid Sam, obviously because you are there you know, putting on a great show. How long would you recommend to, to stay and visit and get to make sure they enjoy the water as much as you enjoy the water? <laughs> uh, I really I agree with John. I think to be able to come and enjoy uh, our show and water park, and if you were to kayak and, and you wanted to fish and do some hiking, things like that, I really think four or five days um, would really benefit you to, to be able to see and fully explore everything 
everything that we have here. Perfect. Well, I just want to say a massive thank you to both you, John and Yuma Maysam, for joining me and also yeah, for sharing yeah. such a such a magical area of Florida and some place that people may not have heard of but definitely have to go and visit. And they definitely have to come and see you, Mermaid Sam. That's a, that's a definite. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you both very much. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. I absolutely loved hearing about that. And live mermaids as well. That's so cool. And the fact that the underwater theatre is the only kind in the world. Um, I think that's so interesting and definitely well worth a visit if you're heading over there. And I think we can all agree from listening to everyone um, that we've spoken to from Irish Stage to the park rangers, you can hear just how passionate they are about their parks um, and why it's so important to visit and the conservation they put into it and looking after the wildlife as well. Um, which is really awesome. I think when we're talking about the National State Parks as well, it's definitely worth mentioning the Everglades. Um, So the Everglades National Park is like an unparalleled landscape that provides habitat for they've got really rare and endangered species. Um, So like the manatee, like when we heard about with Irish Dave, the American crocodile, and also the elusive Florida panther. So the Everglades are a really expansive area of land. It's located in South Florida. And it's got about 1.5 million acres of wetland. All of the areas in the Everglades offer such a wide range of activities. Um, So you can take a short walk on the trails and try and spot some wildlife. They've got turtles, herons and alligators. Crazy. Um, You can also climb atop shark valleys. They've got a 65 foot observation tower. And you get a really awesome bird's eye view of the glades. You can also glide over Florida Bay by boat or kayak and see if you can get a glimpse of like a crocodile, a manatee or a dolphin. Don't know how I feel about kayaking in it. Maybe a boat if there's going to be some crocodiles and alligators. Um, and you can also watch the sunset over Flamingo, which is one of the southernmost points in mainland Florida, which is super cool. They've also got some uh, pine lands that you can go and explore as well. So you can actually go out on bike. Um, you can paddle amongst the mangroves as well on the pond. Um, or you can tour the historic Nike Hercules missile base. Or you could even join a ranger um, on a slog deep into the heart of Cypress Dome. Or just find a little bit of solitude, take a little walk or go through a canoe trip. Um, whatever you feel like. I actually visited the Everglades, Everglades quite a few years ago. We went to the Everglades Alligator Park. Um, and actually took one of the airboat tours. So I don't know if you've seen them before. And um, if you haven't, it's kind of like you sit in like a boat and it looks like it's got a big fan on the back of it. And that is what makes it go. Um, I'm probably not explaining it very well, but if you check out the links, we'll be able to show you. And it was so cool. Um, and you literally see like the alligators all in the mangroves and everything. And you do actually get quite up close with them. Um, but it was really cool. And they had like a little center there as well. So you could go learn more about them. So really educational and definitely a really great, day out as well so definitely check that out for anything that we've mentioned in this episode you can obviously head over to our website to check out the show links and find out more about them and um, thank you to our wonderful guests who joined us and thank you to matthew and thank you to you guys as always for listening don't forget if you've loved this episode please do rate us five star on your listening platform and you can also catch up with previous episodes over on the travelpodcast.com thank you 